Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. The Hawkeye basketball program has picked up its first commitment for the 2020 class as three-star point guard Aaron Eulis commits to the Hawkeyes. The six-foot-two point guard out of Chicago picked Iowa over offers from DePaul, Illinois State, New Mexico, and Tulane. The younger brother of former Kentucky point guard Tyler Ulis, Aaron averaged 18.3 points per game along with four and a half assists at Marion Catholic High School and helping the team to a 27-5 record. It was a rough night last night for John Lester and the Chicago Cubs as they fall 11-4 to the A's. Lester gave up 10 hits, 11 runs, 10 of them earned in the loss. Milwaukee picked up a game on the Pirates as they take the lead in the 7th. And he hits one sharply to center field. That'll be plenty deep to get Braun home. Throw goes to third base. Braun will come in to score, and the Brewers are back on top. The call from Fox Sports Wisconsin, as the Brewers are now back within three games of the Cubs. The Royals with a win last night in Boston at Fenway Park, and Jorge Soler goes deep twice. That is crushed to left field and out of the stadium. And Jorge Soler hits his 30th home run of the year. Jorge Soler, who has a two-run home run tonight, and that is lifted high and deep to left center field. And that is number two for Jorge Soler tonight. The calls from Fox Sports Kansas City in a 6-2 Royals victory. Cardinals fall 3-1 last night to the Dodgers as Clayton Kershaw threw seven innings of one-run ball and had nine strikeouts as he runs his record to 11-2. And the Twins last night dropped a half game to the Indians in the standings after they fall 12-7 to the Braves. Jose Brios gave up a career-high nine runs in the loss. Twins back at it today, 12-10 against the Braves. It'll be Martin Perez on the mound for Minnesota. 1-20 this afternoon, it's the Cubs and A's completing their series. Jose Quintana gets the ball for Chicago. 2-10 this afternoon, it'll be the Cardinals and the Dodgers as they complete their three-game series. Jack Flaherty will get the start for St. Louis. And tonight, 6-05, it's the Brewers and the Pirates. Drew Pomerantz gets the start. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from the Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. The 11 o'clock hour, seven minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, Miller and Condon take you up until the top of the hour in about 10 minutes or thereabouts. David Kaplan uh, from Chicago will join us. We'll get the latest from Cappy, and then we will uh, do Iowa State uh, with uh, our buddy Alex Halstead about 1135, get the latest on Iowa State. A couple of things, Trent Condon, the... um, Cyhawk game is mm-hmm. the point spread remains. Iowa State favored four and a half. I've been getting this question a lot. As by the way, one week from tomorrow, we'll be underway. We will be. I mean, the entire state. When yes. do you think people will start lining up to open up accounts? Eight a.m. I wonder. Taking the day off. Do you think there'll be people? I there will be people. Yes, that'll take the day off. I'm sure. To I don't know book. how many. Yeah. Be in the book all day or to get that account started right away. Right. Now, I'm sure most people just go after work, you know, things like mm-hmm. that. But there'll be degenerates like myself that are 
been chomping at the bit for this for a long, long time. Indeed. You're, there's going to be a whole bunch of uh, <clears throat> guys that have worked out of, I don't know, <laughs> corners. Dark alleys. corners, dark alleys out of business. And thank them for the service that they've provided yes. for you them over the years. Um, it's funny the way the world's changing, right? I mean, sooner or later in this state, I think, I know it's going to take place January the 1st in Illinois, but the guy that you bought your weed from for your, <laughs> he's going to be out of business. It yep. becomes illegal. Uh, just just think about this, where we are in 2019. We've come a long yeah, way. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, uh, we, we really have. You know, I, I was thinking about this last night because Twitter is, at least my Twitter feed, I get a disproportionate lately of sports talk uh, sports wagering people right Mm -hmm. not necessarily picks but there's more shows that are dedicated to sports wagering is sports wagering about to become what recruiting was during it its explosion i mean there was guys that you know recruiting was never a big deal it it was a big deal to some people but not to the uh, not to the number of people that it is now. I mean, like I said yesterday, the register's whole front page yesterday, mm-hmm. with the exception of one little Randy Peterson piece, was what's his name, Matthew Bain. Matthew Bain, yeah, on, on the recruiting. recruiting. So what recruiting was, you know, fifteen years ago when it exploded like it is, is is this what we're going to see with sports wagering? I still find it interesting that that the percentage of people, sports fans, that have never placed a bet before. Well, it's illegal, Trent, and it is can find a way. You can, but you know what? I was, and I never bet on offshore once. A, I'm not allowed to. Right. Neither are you. <laughs> but anyway, you get my point, right? Yes, um, yeah. It's just, there was so long that, you know, am I going to get my money if I win this yeah. bet? Yes. Is yeah. this place going to go out of business? Are the feds going to close them down? It's tough to make a deposit. You now want it's to not. really have your credit card on file with some place where you don't actually point. know that it is. Right. Does it end up on the dark web? Some island out somewhere yes. in, uh, in a body of water. Um, Who's running these places. Yeah, and precisely. The biggest thing that you said there, will you actually get your money? Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? They'll take your money. Right. If you win, are you going to get it back? And so there's That's just it. And how long does it take to get it back? And then will the bank cash my check? And yes. how long will they hold it for? Right. Where, where where did the bank come from? Right. Why are you getting a check from Antigua? <laughs> oh, I do some business down there. Yes, you do. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, Mr. Cotted. Uh, we'll hold this for the next month and a half. That's, that's exactly it. So, But th- those days, thankfully, uh, are behind us here. They are. It'll when make we... it easier. Will, oh, absolutely. Will it... But I do wonder for the people that haven't placed a bet. Yeah, yeah, they bet a buddy. You know, you got, right. you got in the cubicle next to you. He's a big Cyclone fan. You're a Hawkeye fan. You bet on the game every mm-hmm. Whatever it is. But now is that guy going to go out and is he going to, is he going to put $100 in his count or $1,000 in don't his count? Th- well, that's a good point. I mean, I, and I don't think those people are going to bet, you know, every week or, no. or certainly every night. But like we said, Black Friday this year mm-hmm. is a perfect example. Get out um, of the house. Right. The folks in Omaha and Lincoln, they will, I would think, families in town, you're going to go across the river and go to Council Bluffs and pl- play something. Yeah. If, um, you know, you're, you're with the family in rural Iowa, you're going to go make a wager and it's not going to be on Nebraska. No. <laughs> it's going to, it's going to be on Iowa. The one point spread that I don't think, and I'm anxious to see this one, and I, I'm going to try and track this throughout the year, 
is to what the Vegas line is for an Iowa, let's say, Wisconsin game. Mm-hmm. Which is currently five is what I've seen. Right. And what it is in the state of Iowa. Now, I know it'll be different because mm-hmm. it's not one big pool. But, um, you know, what will it be here? The Cyhawk line, to my point, should not be affected either way disproportionately. I think what it closes at in the state of Iowa will be what it closes at in Nevada. Because of equal money on Cyclone fans are going to bet their squad. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye fans are going to bet their squad. But week in and week out, it's going to be different. But what is that point spread going to be at Prairie, where it is basically 50-50 here? Mm-hmm. As opposed to Riverside? Riverside, or Quad Cities, or yeah. Marshalltown, you know, mm-hmm. Meskwaki, those kind of places. Is it substantial? Is it a half it's point? Fair po- it's fair Probably question. a half point. It wouldn't be more than a point. No, it Would wouldn't it? be. No way, no way, no way. I mean, if it, if it stays at four and a half, say, around here, central Iowa. They'll, they'll up the juice. Three and a half, maybe, is mm. all the Cyclones would be favored over there? It's right now it's four and a half? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe four. I don't think you'll see that substantial for the not Iowa Cyhawk. No, not on Cyhawk. Now, different weeks, that I think will be the yes. case. Oh, uh, it's going to be, I think it's fascinating. I really do. Eight days away, eight days from right now, eight we days. will be sitting there and... The, the dignitaries level? will get in. Be... Yeah, because they get to go at 11. Yeah, they get to make their wagers early. Mm-hmm. And then I believe I was under the impression it was going to be noon. I think it, that's even bumped up a half an hour to 11.30. Oh, really? That the official curtain's going to be um, uh, raised for everybody. So we'll see. Look, it's a week away. What's a half hour? You waited all your life, right? Or certainly <laughs> a good portion it's of it. Long. If you're so inclined. I don't think it's going to. Well, let me ask you. Yeah. Do you think it, it and, and maybe maybe it's already turning off people as far as the, the cause sports betting is going to be a topic, not necessarily on all four of the local shows. No. I don't know what they'll do, but you and I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm assuming that there'll be more of it across the country. Will that turn some of our listeners off or because they're used to it being part of the landscape? I mean, ESPN's using point spreads now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a an, an, uh, betting expert as part of their sports center or that type of ilk. Do you think it'll... It, it could turn out, remember when we got the legalized fantasy sports and how that summer we were inundated oh, over the head with FanDuel and DraftKings mm-hmm. Every single and it, it's legal. It was illegal at the time in our state. In, in our state, yes. Mm-hmm. But it, nationally, many states passed that, and it it was too much. Yeah, we were one of the few that didn't have it. Yes, which is surprising, I but that's too. a different conversation. But I think you do have to be careful. You have to be careful not to go too deep into it, because I wish I could have played fantasy sports, but even without doing it, it was just, all right, we get it. Yes, you can. you can go out, you can make a wager, and you can... Put your 12 guys in your lineup and away you go. But every single commercial, you have to be careful about that, I believe. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think uh, like we're not going to sit here and go through the, every point spread that comes no. out on a Monday morning for NFL and college. But what we will do is talk to David Kaplan next. He joins the program. Uh, he's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Cappy next, Miller and Condon till noon. It's 11.15 on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. <laughs> It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome.
Welcome back. It's time to talk to our buddy David Kaplan as we head to Chicago, NBC Sports uh, Chicago, and of course ESPN 1000 is where you can see and hear Cappy, and he joins the program brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Well, Cap, what do we make of last night? I mean, 11-4, to 4, I know a lot of people are upset about it, and it was over early, and you know, Lester was terrible for the second straight night, but this one was worse. This is one game out of 162, but Lester, is he the concern right now? He called himself the weakest link in the rotation well i mean it's great to be with you guys as always look he's an excellent pitcher he's got a great history but he's also getting older and he hasn't pitched well as of late i love his honesty i could have told you exactly what he was going to say as soon as that game ended because i was doing the post game show and david hayes and i said make sure we're rolling on johnny and have him (laughs) live because he is going to be brutally honest, and he was. Mm-hmm. He sugarcoats nothing, and that's why he's so respected in that room. Um, is he a concern? Yeah, I don't think I'm to that point yet because he's John Lester, and he's proven himself over so many years. Uh, but he's got to be better, no question about it. But, you know, I know people are disappointed, but you're going to get games like that in every season. Right. You know, I remember, I think it was, Two years ago, he had a game where he gave up 10 in the first. Only four were earned, but it wasn't like the defense melted down behind him. There might have you know, maybe analytics said it was some defensive miscues, but he got crushed by the Pittsburgh Pirates. I remember a game in New York in, I believe, 16, where he went there. His last night was the third time in his Cubs career he's given up seven or more in an inning, and that Mets game was on a Sunday and he just got blasted and talked about it at that point. I've got to be better. I can't be the weak link in our rotation. And, of course, he comes back and is John Lester. So I believe he'll be fine. He's just got to get it figured out. Last night, uh, down 11 nothing. They come roaring back, at least in, in a certain way. The good news, Chris Bryant finally had an extra base hit. It had been a while for him to uh, have one, had a home run. Sign of things to come, sign that maybe he's getting right, or just one at bat in a rough stretch for Bryant. I'm going to say it's just one at bat. He's got to prove to me that he's back, and he's got to prove to me that, you know, that knee isn't an issue, which he has, you know, had some problems with. So, yeah, right now I can't tell you that he's back and that all is well. Now, start getting on a tear, you got it. I will tell you the guy I'm having the most fun watching is Nicholas Castellanos. Isn't he something? Uh, it's 11 nothing last night. 11 nothing, And he legs out a double and hmm. is busting it right out of the box. And I thought, boy, this, now this is a guy who's a professional baseball player. That's the way, you know, we shouldn't be ever talking about, well, Javi stood and it won't happen again, or this guy did this. No. Nicholas Castellanos, every single time. It's 11 nothing. Could have very easily in the ninth inning just jogged out of the box and didn't do it. So that shows you what type of a pro this guy is. No doubt about it. Madden said it's nice to see somebody that has a hunger like him, and he noticed it as soon as he walked into the clubhouse. So let's go forward with him, Cap. He's a free agent after this year. What are what are the plans for him? Is there a chance that they pursue him in the offseason? Oh, absolutely. I think there's a chance. He likes being here. He's a really good baseball player, and it allows you then to trade from – Maybe a position of strength. Maybe you do move on 
from Kyle Schwarber in the offseason, or maybe you do move on from an Ian Happ or an Albert Almora. Uh, but the way this guy competes, yeah, I need more guys like that. Speaking of moving on, the season is moving on, and there's been nothing on Brandon Moore. There was a bit of an update earlier in the week I saw. I think Theo was asked about him. Um, look, he was good last year when he was, for, for the most part, I mean, hasn't pitched any, at all this year, but, you know, Cubs fans can dream what it would be like to have him, uh, a healthy Kimbrel, maybe Strope figures it out, seven, eight, and ninth innings, although Underwood was unbelievable last night. But what about an update on Morrow, Cap? What are you hearing? Is there a chance that he comes back this year they are privately believing there is a chance that he comes back now do they think he's going to be the closer no i think they look and go well if we could get impactful appearances where he's facing you know pick a great right hand hitter it's a big game in september and ryan bronze up and mm-hmm. here comes throwing 99 to 101 brandon morrow yeah they're all in for that so i think that is you know, the most you can expect, the, the days of him pitching all seven games of a World Series, yeah, no, those days are gone. So we saw Victor Caratini, and initially Ooh. I thought he broke his arm. I, I but thought, he was spiked, right? Yeah. yeah. I, and he comes, stays in the game, goes over to first base and finishes out. Still, with that, you have to wonder, you know, how he's going to be when he wakes up here today. What are your thoughts on that catcher position? Obviously, Contreras out for a month. And not a whole lot of flexibility now without the waiver wire that we've had in the past here throughout the month of August. Yeah, they're looking at Nick Hundley, Jonathan Lucroy, mm-hmm. and they'll see what they're able to come up with. But, yeah, it's, um, it's concerning because they traded Martin Maldonado, and I'm not second-guessing them on that because he wanted out. He wanted playing time. I understand that. Guys want to play. And so they moved him and got a player that they wanted back in Tony Kemp. So that, that's fine, but they're going to have to find a depth guy, somebody, Rene Rivera is another name, and someone that, if God forbid you have an issue until you get Contreras back, and who knows what he'll be like when he comes back, mm-hmm. because in 17 when he injured the hamstring, he lost all his power and no ability to drive the ball with his lower half. So they've got to get another another guy in here who can play. Capuani, uh, last year was Jesse Chavez who came over and I think exceeded all expectations. They wanted to re-sign him. He uh, decided to go elsewhere. This year, Derek Holland might be uh, in that Chavez spot. Is you know I'm not I'm not sure where Cubs fans were when they got him. Sure, he's a left-hander and you certainly needed that. But since he's been here, Cap, since he's worn that Cubs uniform, I think Derek Holland's exceeded all expectations. As long as he's not facing right-handers, you know, yeah. a really good situational lefty, and if it's a tough lefty, go get him. But, you know, when he's turning around, uh, who was the guy who hit the home run? Matt Wieters. Turn him around and he faces him right-handed. I don't care if he's in 182. It's not going to end well. Derek Holland doesn't do well against right-hand hitters. So if you just keep him to a situational lefty, yeah, I'm all in. You ready to go to the Bears now, Kenny? You got more Cubs Go ahead. I was at camp again. I saw you out there Monday. Well, I didn't see you, but I knew you were out there via Twitter. How was it? What'd you learn? As I said, you saw me and you didn't come say hi. I'm really down. I would have done that, pal. (laughs) Cappy, what'd you learn over in Bourbon A? Uh, I really believe this team is outstanding. Outstanding. Now, I know everyone's writing. Mitchell Trubisky was intercepted Mm -hmm. by this guy and 
look, you're facing the number one defense. I went back and somebody sent me all the articles from last uh, August on Patrick Mahomes' interception total at training camp for the Chiefs is a big thing, and it's a concern, and it's this, and it's that. And we know how that all ended. Now, I'm not saying that Mitch doesn't have to be better. It has to be really good at certain things. I just think this team is really, really talented. And that defense, oh, my goodness. They have a chance, if they stay healthy, to be by far the number one defense again on the national football. So, Cap, when you uh, you know take calls on the Bears, you return emails or texts uh, on, on, from Bears fans, who do they seem to think, consensus-wise, is the team that's going to press the Bears? Is it the Packers? There seems to be a lot of Green Bay love out there. Yeah, I don't get that feeling. Uh, we had Dan Graziano on yesterday, who's a national ESPN writer, and Dan has been traveling all the camps, and he's been to Chicago now. He's been to Green Bay's camp. He's been to Minnesota. He's been to Detroit. So he's gone through the north. And in his opinion, the Green Bay Packers are not where the Bears and the Vikings are. He said, "I just being honest with you, they've got a ways to go." So look, Aaron Rodgers, a great football player, he is. I just don't think you can have. Look, don't forget last year when the season ended, they had zero guys left on their roster active 53 that were in their 2015 draft class. Mm. <laughs> they need to stack some drafts. So reminds me a lot of when John Fox was here and there are people in his second year. Oh, he always turns things around in his second year. Can't turn around <laughs> anything when you don't have enough players. So yeah, I, I don't see Green Bay being the impactful team that others do. I just saw Pete Prisco pick him to win the, the Super Bowl, and I, I, I think he's out of his mind. I, I don't see a scenario that they win the Super Bowl. I may be proven wrong, but I just don't see that scenario. Captain, seeing a, a ton from the Chicago media about David Montgomery, the former Cyclone there, getting ready for his rookie year. My question, though, goes to what's going to be in front of him, that offensive line. You look at the starters, Leno, white hair, now back to guard where he should be, and Daniels at center, Long, and then Macy. It, Massey, you feel very good, I think, about that starting group. What about the depth? How much depth is there depth along this Bears offensive line? Yeah, they've got depth, and they feel like this is the best offensive line group with chemistry, with Harry. He stands, talked to Olin Cruz the other day, they brought him down for a few days just as a consultant because he's had so much success and he's so respected in the room. And I talked to him after it and he said, dude, that offensive line could be their most consistent part of their offense. He said, they got good offensive players. I'm just tell you that offensive line's ready to roll. Last thing, Cap. Uh, of course, Fangio is now in Denver as the head coach there. Pagano comes in. Are you hearing anything? Is the, are the defensive players, are they vocal about uh, anything Pagano is doing differently? What are you hearing about the new D coordinator, if anything? They love him. He's going to be more aggressive. And uh, if we had Prince Mukamara on, he said, look, I love playing for Vic Fangio. It's not going to be that much of a change, but we'll be a little more aggressive. But he said, Coach Pagano and his group, they love playing for this guy. Great stuff, Cap. Appreciate it. We will talk to you uh, next Wednesday, if not before. And we appreciate being able to reach out should something come up. Thank you, Cappy. 
Yeah, anything. You call anytime. I love talking with you guys. Likewise, my pal. Take care. Good, good to day. talk to you. David yeah. Kaplan uh, from uh, ESPN 1000 in Chicago, NBC Sports Chicago. He's brought to us by our friends at Centurion Stone. Centurion Stone. If you're in the market for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project of any size, Centurion Stone offers a variety of styles, patterns, and colors for your every need. In fact, they've got over 200 color and pattern combinations. Yes, you heard right, 200, over 200 color and pattern combinations. Check them out online, Centurion Stone of Iowa. There's a link right there on the very front page. You can tell us about the, tell them about your project so they can get to work on it and have some ideas for you. Or you can uh, go and stop by the showroom and they will do likewise in person. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. All right, Trent Condon, uh, let's just finish up on the bears mm-hmm. um I- i'm surprised that the pack of all the packer love that's out there i really am uh you know my thoughts on the vikings i think they are due for a big bounce back here i think they're going to be they're my pick to win the division i think Trent, the bears are still gonna got be good a huge sense of urgency mm-hmm. we've talked about it that they're in salary cap hell yes year. yes they they have so many guys young that part of that young defense yep. that they have to go out there i just what is it about the Packers? Aaron Rodgers. Okay. That's at least a start. I mean, if people want to start there, but health. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that has to be a conversation mm-hmm. now. I like the wide receivers. I, I think, you know, Scantling, mm-hmm. he's Geronimo Allison. He's turning into a really good player. Speaking of health, is Brian Blocka going to give them a dozen games? I was going to say half of them, maybe. Right, right. I mean, that's kind of what you go, and it yep. feels like that offensive line's always banged up. Mm-hmm. Bakhtiari, he's, he's, he's a really nice player when he's yep. completely there, yep. and he fights through it all the time. I don't love the interior of the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I don't like the running game. Defensively, all right, so we saw the step back from Mike Daniels last year. Is Kenny Clark, is he ready to make that leap? Mm, better be. Yeah, because if not, there's nothing behind him. It just, it seems like it is way, way too much with this team. Could they get to 10-6? and six? Sure. But 12-4? and four? No, I don't see it. I, I don't, don't see, see it with either. this roster. I like Jones, the running back. He uh, didn't play the entire season last year. But I'm with you. They've got, they've got a lot of questions, Trent. A yeah. lot of questions. I think that they shored up the defense. but A lot more than the Vikings and Bears do. Yeah, that's true. I, I don't get it. And Vinny Iyer picked him to win the division. Vinny's a good friend of the program. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just heard Cappy on. Um, uh, we, we shall see. All right, we'll take a time out. Well, we've talked Hawks. We've talked Chicago sports. we talked college football. What's missing? Iowa State. Well, we will rectify that program or that problem uh, next when we have our buddy Alex Halstead from CycloneAlert.com. They've had opportunity to talk to some of the assistant coaches already. Uh, we will pick Alex's brain next when Miller and Condon continue. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. 1460 KXNO. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 18 minutes before the hour of noon. Alex Halstead momentarily, just real quick, because we just had Cappy. Well, we taped him. Uh, as you know, if you listen to the program, we tape Cappy every Wednesday at 835 because he's on the air. Uh, lineup, the Cubs have uh, posted their lineup for today's 121st pitch. Hayward leads off, Castellanos bats second, Brian bats third, Rizzo cleaning up, Baez fourth, Schwarber will be in the six hole, Ian Happ is playing second base today, he'll bat seventh, and your question has been answered. Taylor Davis. 
Victor Caratini oh, behind really? home plate. Well, He's a fast healer. Apparently. I Tougher thought, than I am, that's for sure. Well, I, I like you. I thought that that thing would be uh, swollen and mm-hmm. uh, be a, a mess here today. Uh, and, of course, uh, Quintana gets the start for the Cubs. That's a one twenty first pitch. Alex Halstead joins the program. Alex Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com is where you can read him. He's busy. There's a lot of recruiting news. I've been uh, listening to coaches speak after practice. And where I want to start with you, Alex, and thank you, as always, for joining us. Uh, the piece you put on, I think it was over the weekend, it was certainly after the afternoon practice that you guys were able to watch when the you know the freshmen and the two deeps and the three deeps were kind of in the focus i think that's as educational as anything really appreciated that article you know to to kind of go in depth on matt campbell's depth chart that's well done alex yeah, thanks. Yeah, I think the, the afternoon practice of these fall camps is always more interesting to me because, you know, the first one, you know, it's going to be the starters. You're looking out there to see if there's any of the position battles who's out there first. But the afternoon ones really when you're going to see body types and some of that sort of thing for the first time. And so it was interesting to see uh, some of the freshmen and, and uh, even some of the twos who, you know, maybe aren't freshmen, but you know, now they're trying to make their way onto the two deep and, and play a role. And there's obviously some, some intriguing uh, guys that they have that are young that maybe they won't play a ton this year, but uh, they're trying to crack that depth chart. You know, we've talked a lot about the transfers coming in, and certainly with Petway at the wide receiver position, Lammer position, he's been talked about a lot. What did you see from Justin Bickham, the grad transfer from Rice, a guy certainly competing for one of those defensive back spots? Yeah, so he was in the the afternoon group with the twos. Braxton Lewis, you know, kind of got the the first spot in the morning with the ones at that strong safety spot, and that's partly, I think, probably by way of of being the veteran. The guy that started 13 games last year, but saw Bickham a little bit in, in the afternoon. And I think the first thing that stands out with him is uh, the size of that safety position. You know, six footer above. Um, you know, kind of a little bit more physical. He had a nice pass up breakup pass breakup across the middle. I think against a tight end in that practice. So. You know, I think he's definitely in that conversation, and he's a guy that, you know, at Rice played 23 games or started 23 games at corner, uh, but, you know, they think he can play safety, and, and if they need him at corner, maybe that's where he ends up, but I think right now he's pushing Braxton Lewis, and um, it'll be interesting to see how that, that comes out because he's definitely got the body type that you could see being a, a good guy and a good defender downhill. You know, I'm anxious to to watch how this offensive line develops throughout the year. And when I when I say that, I mean, you know, there's there's senior dominated, right? Everybody's back. Uh, good Jones, Olson, Newell, uh, Knipple, and Meeker from from left to right. They're all seniors. But behind them on the depth chart, redshirt freshman Ramos, redshirt frame, uh, freshman in uh, in Downing, uh, Schweiger, I believe how you say his name, the backup center. He's a true sophomore. And then Hudson at, at right guard. We've seen Sean Foster play. Uh, he's been in the program for a little while but of those four guys that you know really uh we're, we're seeing for the first time is there in the back of your mind one of those guys that's really going to push one of these incumbents one of these seniors and maybe take a spot from a guy who started a whole bunch of games yeah it's definitely trevor downing and that's not saying anything about colin olson being in front of him uh it's just downing is the name that consistently comes up i talked to matt campbell about the offensive line down in dallas and i said you know there's no either ors on the depth chart. You guys have the same five starters, you know, listed in clear starting fashion as you had for the Alamo Bowl in the last eleven games last year. But you've mentioned the youngsters are, are they continuing to push? And he said, he said Joey Ramos and, and Trevor Downing. But then he kind of went back and said, and especially Trevor Downing. So mm. Downing's been really pushing. I don't know if it's going to be something that you see 
against Northern Iowa or those first weeks. You know, Jeff Myers has kind of said that, you know, that, that senior group is going to get first crack because they've developed some continuity. But, you know, they feel like, A, they have depth, but, B, they do have some guys that could still start by season end that aren't starting now. And I think if, if one of those guys is going to do it, it's probably going to be Trevor Downing. Alex Halstead joining us, CycloneAlert.com, as we take a look around Cyclone football and some basketball. In fact, let's get into basketball and the continued wait for Rashir Bolton. Penn State transfer, is he going to be eligible, isn't he? you hearing anything at all, Alex? No, other than they hope to know within the, the next few weeks, but it seems like that's just kind of the common answer where it keeps getting pushed back of they hope to know, they hope to know. Well, he's going to go to Italy with them, of course. Um, so will Javon Johnson, who is going to sit out this year, sit out transfer. Um, sounds like Johnson's not probably going to play in Italy because they want to get a look at what they have for this year's roster. But Bolton is going to play in Italy, so maybe that's an indication of the confidence Iowa State has that, you know, as they want to get a look at this 2019-20 roster, they're still going to play Bolton even without an answer. Um, so, you know, I I think they have some confidence, but, you know, it, well, I think we're a week or two into having been told three or four weeks. So, you know, maybe by mid-August, or which is really sneaking up quick, they'll know. But uh, they haven't seemed too worried. They've put their paperwork in, and, and now it's just kind of in a holding pattern with the NCAA. So uh, later today you're going to get availability as the team gets ready to part on their European trip and get to hear, I'm sure, from Prome and also the newcomers you mentioned there. Got to see them a little bit over in the Capital City League and the inflated numbers certainly that come along with it. But of the uh, new group, who's the guy that you're looking forward to talking to later this afternoon? I think Trey Jackson's probably the most intriguing because I think he's the guy that probably has the best shot to really impact this this team at least immediately. You look at a guy that um, he put up a huge game in the Cap City League, and like you said, there's not a lot of defense there, but even even just from beyond the arc, he, even if it's just shoot-around, I think he had like 10 of 15 or something. I mean, he, he's just a good three-point shooter, a guy that was a little bit under the radar in South Carolina. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see what, what he does, and he's kind of the name that keeps coming up as someone who probably has the best shot to help this team right away. I think the other guy that has the, the second best shot is probably Caleb Grill, just because of his athleticism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I talked to him quite a bit in the spring. I haven't really talked to Jackson a ton, really, um, for quite a while. So it's going to be interesting to hear what what he's done this summer and, and how his body's developed, because I think he could could play a big role this this uh, fall. You know, back to Grill for just one minute, Alex. Um, you know. What do you think? What do you think his first year at Iowa State's going to entail? I mean, perfect rule. What do you think? How many minutes is he going to play? Do you think? Well, Prom has talked about you know those freshmen as you know they, they know they've got like kind of their core group. They need Terrence Lewis or Zion Griffin to step up, and they sure talk about the freshmen as adding up to he's put in terms of one and a half players. If they can get one and a half to mm. two players out of that group, just in terms of total minutes, that they'll be happy. And so I think then you start looking at that and. I think Trey Jackson probably has the best shot. Caleb Grill's probably there. So if those two guys are equaling, you know, one one to two players in terms of, like, minutes and production, you know, it, it, it's hard to predict, but, you know, maybe he's a 10 to 15-minute type guy. And um, I think, for sure, a freshman has an opportunity to step into that role. Uh, but we do know Prome typically, you know, kind of whittles down that rotation to maybe eight guys. And so there's not a ton of minutes going around, but uh, – you know, Trey Jackson, Caleb Grill are probably at the forefront of having the opportunity to take some of them. Yeah, I certainly think. Back to football. One more in basketball, though. Uh, Halliburton's on the road again. What what a busy summer he has had. Uh, now, where is he now? And I know he'll be back in time for to join his Iowa State teammates and uh, head over to Italy. But where's Halliburton now? 
Yeah, so he obviously spent a lot of time overseas at the in Greece at the FIBA World Cup. Came back, got a week off practice or so. Then been, has been practicing. He's leaving today to, or he left yesterday to start today the Nike Skills Academy, which goes through Friday. He's going to have to leave the Skills Academy early on Friday to get back to Iowa State to go to Italy. So it has been a busy summer. And that's actually something we talked to him about a week or so ago. Is you know how how do you both hand him pro? How do you make sure that you know he doesn't overdo it and you know, I think we saw it last year a little bit with Linda Wigginton. Did he do too much of that summer? That led to his injury. There's not that worry with Halliburton. They feel like, you know, he's handled it well, but uh, they've tried to be cautious, and that's why when he got back from the FIBA World Cup, you know, Prom didn't let him practice that first week because they want to make sure that with how busy this summer is that, you know, he still stays fresh and his body doesn't break down. Final thing on basketball, Xavier Foster cut his list to five. Of course, Iowa State among those five. Many people believe at least on the national scene, that he is going to stay in-state, Cyclones, Hawkeyes, whatever it may be. What are you hearing with Iowa State's chances for Xavier Foster? Yeah, all indications are that if, it, if it's not one of the in-state schools, that I think Baylor's probably the biggest threat. Um, I don't want to say that Providence and Virginia Tech are throw-ins, but I think at one point it was looking like four of a top three with Iowa, Iowa State, and Baylor. So I think those are probably the three at the forefront of, of that top five, not to say that Virginia Tech and Providence can't be in the mix because he, he may very well visit both schools. But um, I think it's going to come down to Iowa and Iowa State, and I think there's you know probably different things working in, in both of their favors. I think he's got different family connections to both or personal connections to both. And so it's going to be interesting, and it's going to also be interesting to just see how, how long this draws out. I know both schools are in on other bigs, um, but you know obviously they could take multiple. You know You look at Iowa State's class, and they've probably got room for two guys just when you look at losing Michael Jacobson and Prentice Nixon. Uh, but I think when all of a sudden done, they're probably going to sign three or four uh, because they know that they could have extra room. Uh, last thing, back to football for you. Brock Purdy, I mean, clearly the, the the starting quarterback, but it's a contact sport. Did you see much of Real Mitchell all, uh, back on Friday during the uh, the practice session? If, if so, uh, you know, a takeaway or two from watching uh, the number two quarterback on the depth chart? Yeah, I saw a little bit of him. Uh, I didn't feel like we saw as much throwing in the second practice as the morning one, and, and a lot of it was – you know, shorter passes. We saw Brock Purdy make a throw in the morning practice down the sideline to Tariq Milton that he made a catch over Anthony Johnson. I think that was kind of one of the standouts of that practice. And nothing like that really in the second practice. A lot more short yards work. Um, but by all accounts, they think Real Mitchell is ready. And I think the one thing that maybe you should make Iowa State fans a little bit more comfortable is during that morning practice, I think John Kohler threw the ball pretty well, actually. Um, former Mount Union coach Larry Karras was there, uh, Matt Campbell's coach, obviously coached. Um, Tom Manning as well there, and uh, he made a point to go tell John Cole that he was throwing the ball well, and um, you know, he made a comment to one of the assistants and asked who it was and um, all that, so he was pretty impressed with his, his throwing. I think Cole throws a, a good ball, and I think um, you know maybe they do feel at least okay three deep, although there's quite a drop from Brock Purdy to number two uh, just because of how good Brock Purdy is, so you know, the, the key to this season probably, like we've talked about before, is keeping Purdy healthy because even if those guys are good, I don't think anyone can replicate that. No question. Uh, Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com. What assistance you get the next couple of days? Uh, so today I think it's tight ends and offensive line. Uh, then we get uh, linebackers and I think safeties on um, on Thursday, tomorrow. So it's been a busy week, and I think we're right back at it next Monday and Tuesday with more positions. So by the end of but this time next week, we'll probably be through about every position. Wonderful. We'll talk to you at that point. Thank you, Alex Halstead. Appreciate you coming on.
Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you. Alex Halstead, CycloneAlert.com, latest on Iowa State. More basketball than I thought, but you know what? Yeah. They're getting on a trip. and um, They are. Yeah, some good questions. Some, and a chance think, to hear from the young guys today, yeah, absolutely. which I'm looking forward to. And Jackson, I am intrigued. I know it's Capital City League, mm-hmm. and, but... I, like, I want to see Grill. Yeah, really athletic mm-hmm. from everything. You, Is that right? Yeah. That's what I say. Maybe... The best athlete on the team. Already. Already. Interesting. All right, so what have you got for the rest of the day? we got the, the well, the Twins play in just a few minutes, and then the Cubs at 120, and then the Cardinals this afternoon, so I'm set. I'll be a lot of radio as I'm bouncing around this afternoon. A few appointments set up, so I'll be listening to radio on the air. Of course, Murph and Andy starting at 2, and the mm-hmm. Ford Fanatics after that. And uh, tonight... With baseball, at there's least. there's uh, Brewers, Brewers Pirates. Yep, that's about it. I'm going to be watching the Ocho ESPN eight. The what? There yes. is a really an ESPN. No, there's no ESPN. Well, it's so. ESPN two, but for a day every yep. summer they do this. They make it the Ocho, a playoff of the old uh, dodgeball movie when they're making fun of ESPN the Ocho, ESPN eight with all these ridiculous, including school bus figure eight competition, the Tetris World Championships, mm-hmm. lawnmower racing. That do anything for you? No, Trent. But you just wonder where it's going to because they just gave some kid three million dollars for winning a video game contest this past weekend. Sign spinning—it's amazing. I mean, you can throw bags at a hole now and get on ESPN. Cornhole championships. Cornhole championships. I play that at tailgate. Do you? I'm better at the frisbee games than I am at cornhole anymore. It's just amazing. I mean, what? Where are they getting this money for these fringe? They're not even sports, anyways. We'll be back tomorrow. But as uh, Trent just alluded to, Murph and Andy are coming your way at two. Then the fanatics at four. Morning rush will start things anew tomorrow at six. Thanks for being with Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO.